welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. It is the fifth Sunday of Easter, and Deacon Michael Kitt is preaching on John 13, 31-35. As you listen, see if you can answer these questions. The questions, one, if you knew you were about to die, what would you say to your friends? What did Jesus say to his friends? 2. What are the things Jesus did not say before he died? And 3. What is hard and costly about Jesus' commandment to love one another? The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to St. John. At the Last Supper, when Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so I now say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Please be seated. Well, good morning. It is a joy to be with you this morning and to be able to speak to you. I would like to share two things with you this morning. First, to share my meditation on John's gospel today. And secondly, I would like to share with you the words from a letter I received this past Wednesday from someone that I have come to respect and admire deeply. First, our meditation. If you knew you were about to die, what would you tell people you love? What cherished hope or dream would you share? What last urgent piece of advice would you offer? In our gospel reading today, we hear Jesus' answer to that difficult question. Judas has left the Last Supper in order to carry out his betrayal. The crucifixion is fast at hand, and Jesus knows that his disciples are about to face the greatest devastation of their lives. So Jesus gets right to the point. No parables, no stories, just one commandment. One simple, straightforward commandment summarizing Jesus' deepest desire for us, his followers. Love one another. 
Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. And then, right on the heels of the commandment, a promise, or maybe an incentive, or maybe a warning. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. May I take a moment here to point out what Jesus doesn't say. When death comes knocking and the Son of God has mere hours left to communicate the heart of his message to his disciples, he doesn't say, believe the right things. He doesn't say, maintain personal and doctrinal purity. He doesn't say, worship like this or attend a church like that. He doesn't even say, read your Bible or pray every day or preach the gospel to every living creature. He says, love one another. That's it. What's staggering about this commandment is how badly we've managed to botch it over the last couple of thousands of years. When I look at my own life, it's not hard for me to name why I can often fail to obey this commandment. Love is being vulnerable, and I don't particularly like being vulnerable. Love requires trust, and I'm naturally suspicious. Love exceeds boundaries, and I feel safer within my own. Love takes time, and I often find myself caught up in my busyness. Jesus didn't say, this is my suggestion. He said, this is my commandment, meaning it's not a choice. It's not a matter of personal preference. It's a matter of obedience to the one we call Lord. But what does it mean that Jesus commands us to love? Imagine what would happen to us, to the church, to the world, if we took this commandment of Jesus seriously. I ask this question with caution because I don't know how to answer it even for myself. I mean, I know fairly well how to do things. I know how to run a soup kitchen for the homeless or set up an event at a church function or send checks to my favorite charities. But do I know how to love as Jesus loved? To feel a depth of compassion that comes from my gut to experience a hunger for justice so fierce and so urgent that I rearrange my life in order to pursue it, to empathize until my heart breaks. Do I want to? After all, this is the ministry God has called me to, and it's actually the ministry that God has called all us to, to all of us through our baptism. But most of the time, I'll be honest, I don't. I want to be safe. I want to keep my circle small and manageable, and I want to choose the people I love based on my own preferences, not on Jesus' all-inclusive commandment. Charitable actions are easy, but cultivating my heart, becoming vulnerable in authentic ways to the world's pain, those things are hard to do. They are hard and they are costly, especially as I get older. And yet this was Jesus' dying wish, which means that we have a God who first and foremost wants every one of his children to feel loved, not shamed, not punished, not chastised, not judged, not isolated, but loved. But that's not all. Jesus follows his commandment with a promise. By this, everyone will know. 
Our love for each other is how the world will know who we are and whose we are. Our love for each other is how the world will taste and see the goodness of our Lord. It's through our love that we will embody Jesus, make him relatable, possible, real to a dying world. Such is the power we wield in our decisions to love or not to love. Such are the stakes involved in how we choose to respond to Jesus' dying wish, his hope, his prayer, and his commandment. Such is the responsibility we shoulder whether we want to or not. But here's our saving grace. Jesus does not leave us alone. He gives us a roadmap, a clear and beautiful way forward. As I have loved you. Follow my example, he says. Do what I do. Love as I love. Live as you have seen me live. Feed the hungry. Welcome the child. Release the captive. Forgive the sinner. Confront the oppressor. Comfort the oppressed. Wash each other's feet. Hold each other close. Tell each other the truth. Guide each other home. Love one another as I have loved you for our own sake and for the world's. Amen. And now this letter. I received this letter last Wednesday morning. I was sitting in the hospital room with Stephanie lying in bed across from me. It's from a dear friend, and I know you'll figure it out pretty quickly. My dear friends, on October 17, 2020, at the 52nd Annual Diocesan Convention, I called for the election of a bishop coadjutor, according to our diocesan canons. In my address, I stated, Mary and I have not yet determined a retirement date. That will depend on the length of time it takes to call a bishop coadjutor, my health and stamina, and the diocesan budget. Well, we've had a successful election, and the diocesan budget is just fine. Although I am mainly feeling well, on Tuesday, May 3rd, I experienced a broken leg at home due to weakened bones from my multiple myeloma. It is the third break in the past six years. We have, therefore, decided that I should retire at the end of this calendar year. My retirement at the end of 2022 will allow for Bishop-elect Scharf and me to have some overlap for several months. I am pleased with the election of Father Scharf. He will bring a new focus and energy to the Episcopate. I am glad and heartened that he will become the sixth bishop of the Diocese of Southwest Florida. Father Scharf will begin working in Southwest Florida on July 1 of this year, ordained a bishop in late September, and seated at the diocesan towards the end of the year at the Cathedral of St. Peter. He will be a fine, loving, and thoughtful bishop for us. I've learned a great deal about having a servant's heart when my wife, my late wife, was dying and I was given the spiritual opportunity to serve and take care of her. Multiple myeloma has put me in the position of receiving the love of a servant's heart. Mary has chosen the path of limited compassion and care. In many ways, being the recipient of loving care seems more difficult than providing it. 
The truth is that God's grace is given to both the giver and the receiver. One never knows in this life when we will be called to either grant or receive compassion. Always be ready for the opportunity as it happens every day. I thank you for your kindness, your care, and your prayers. You have given my life a tower of strength. Love in our Lord, Bishop Dabney Smith. Questions 1. If you knew you were about to die, what would you say to your friends? What did Jesus say to his friends? 2. What are the things Jesus did not say before he died? And 3. What is hard and costly about Jesus' commandment? to love one another.